welcome to this week's episode of Free Play. I'm your 7th level Bardcast host, Michael. And I'm joined today in this episode by Jared, another host of the 7th level Bardcast. Today we're going to be discussing magic and technology. Are they the same or different? So I think jumping right off into this topic, we should probably um, set our boundaries define what we're talking about would you like to go first or shall i i'll go first so to me magic and technology the thing that really sets what they are is the ideology behind it for me technology is generally understood explained or it has a firm and certain conditions you put this in you get this out Technology can also be used by trained personnel, and there's usually not very many special circumstances or requirements for these personnel to be trained. There are some exceptions, but, you know. Another factor for me is the natural diffusion. Technology naturally diffuses to areas with less technology. Uh, it just tends to be that way. Warring states will pick up their enemies' weapons and disassemble them and learn from them and recreate them as best as possible, and they slowly close the gap. On the other hand, magical magical settings tend to favor uncertainty or an unknowable factor. They're usually unintuitive to uh, at least those who witness them. Not always to those who willed them, but sometimes. They also really call for special individuals. Like, you can only use magic if you have mana. You can only use uh, these particles in the air if your brain is a certain way. So there's usually a specialized individuals who use them. It also tends to be contained by its very own nature because it requires special individuals or it's unintuitive or is has some sort of unknown factors to it. It doesn't diffuse throughout an area very well. That's why you have wizard towers which have lost magic to the ages and whatnot. So it just naturally spreads less. And I think those are my two real definitions of the ideologies behind these two things. I think for me, I define them as the same. A, a, a very advanced technology might be considered magic by a less advanced civilization. But what I define it at is the individual that is using either the magic or the technology, they will view it however they perceive it. But those that are seeing it will perceive it in their own fashion. So, for example, someone who has studied a science for years and they understand all of the rules and aspects of it are they using magic or technology to those that don't understand it so if i go and talk to some physicist who's talking about the deep realms of of outer space and the universe they're going to have a, an understanding of that unknown that i do not therefore they are using either a magic or technology, but for me, I don't believe that line is as 
defined as it would be for others who view them as two different things. I see that the barrier is more ephemeral, and it depends on who is using it and those that perceive it. I, as a person who have not studied physics to the point of understanding the realms of deep space, would consider that outside of my control and outside of my knowledge to the point that I might consider it magic if I were in a particular environment that that kind of thinking was encouraged. Superstition actually in some societies is what drives the idea of magic or a a false understanding or an ignorant stance of science can lead science to look like it's something outside of their realm and therefore they can pass it off as a false uh, belief or a a magic that should not be trusted. So to me, those two somewhat separate concepts blend together based off of the knowledge of the individuals that are perceiving it. So in connection to what you were saying, Jared, I, I, I think I understand um, how you're defining those two things. And it almost sounds like you're defining one as order and one as chaos. Would you, uh, would you, would you define them that simple and that general? Or do you feel like that's just too generalized? Uh, it comes with too many connotations, especially with how many books out there ha that have order and chaos going back and forth, especially because what you just said reminded me of, uh, I don't know if you've ever read, I think it's L.E. Modset or something like that, but he has basically a very big order versus chaos mage thing that also, and one of the books he is revealed to have come from another dimension where they were actually using spaceships and using these technological and gifts and advancements. And when they changed dimensions and crashed on the planet, it devolved or mutated into a magic that they didn't fully understand. So to me, that has a lot of connotations. And I don't agree with that because technology can be just as chaotic and magic can be just as ordered. There's the whole setting of arcanists or just people who have, they have ruins, they have mana, and it works like cogs and steam. They put something in and they get something out. And it happens every time. Which is almost similar to technology. The key points for me, though, is the unknown factors. The confusion or uncertainty of an event or of events that lead to the generation of power. And into that description, some of the things you said do echo my own thoughts loosely. If we went and saw a spaceship where somebody was like, oh yeah, it drives by generating a black hole in front of it so it gets pulled forward at super speeds. That's basically magic to me. Until somebody describes it enough for it to lose that uncertainty, for it to be understood, and then it becomes technology. So to me, it's less of the... I don't know how to say it. It's still about this perspective, but it's 
it's better it's clear it's clearly defined to me for some reason or to you it seems to be more ethereal on that thought allow me to redefine order and chaos as stagnation and dynamic energy okay technology seems to move towards a more stagnant and understood methodology magic seems to work towards a more dynamic ever-changing unknown energy is that more in tune with what you're talking about yes it's not perfect still but it is quite close to what i was trying to get at okay so that is a bridge that we can cross and go into an example of a beautiful game known as mage the ascension Mage the Ascension is an old World of Darkness game where you play as a character from a more dynamic aspect that lives in a world of freedom of thought and idea. And they are often opposed by a group known as the Technocracy who work towards a stagnation and a more uh, rule-defined type of uh, technology. But both in the game are considered magic. I have questions about the stagnation. <laughs> well, stagnation may be uh, uh, too hard. I mean, it may okay. it may just be that. That's what I was thinking. It may be that stabilizing. There, the technocracy work towards stabilizing and bringing everybody under the same umbrella of understanding. Rule set. They they want to. They don't really want order. They want everybody to follow the same ideas. Their ideas and their thoughts become really defined by their technology, even though in the world their technology is driven by the energies that drive the other types of magic in the world. And those other types are usually um, the player characters fall into this other type, which is more based on the ideas of of spell casting and having a different paradigm to understand their magic. So, for example, the Hermetic Order is uh, a very well-defined group, and they work off of spells and incantations and, and methodologies and mathematics. But they are free thinkers enough that they can expand their minds beyond those rules and allow them to actually change reality. So it becomes a fight between hardening reality to these really defined guidelines and allowing your mind to stretch out beyond that. So that's where the ba battle becomes. And that, in my mind, is where the battle is between magic and technology, even though they're playing by the same rules as far as the energy of the universe. I can get behind that because, as I mentioned, to me, the technology aspect does rely a lot on the general accessibility and understanding. Those are two of the real key points, although I did have a few others. And then the other one, which is from what I'm understanding, because I've never played the game and I haven't actually read up on it despite how much you've talked about it, is the magical players or the magical setting where the players are is much more pulling from beyond the standardized 
beyond the knowables into the unknown or into the unintuitive. Yeah, because their ideas, as far as the more dynamic characters and the more dynamic aspects of their magic, is that they are trying to push back the hardening reality of of modern world. Technology has become such a a staple in people's lives. These are the last remnants of those pushing back against that hardening of reality. And they sometimes are able to push back, but sometimes they break reality. And it causes a problem. A big, a big, big <laughs> problem. A problem. Usually the no, just reality snaps back and slaps them down. Little, little tiny problem. That's all. All right. So I guess continuing on that thought, just so we don't get kind of bogged down in the quagmire that can be the discussion about magic and technology. We could talk about Star Wars. God, no. No? Not talking about that. You don't want to talk about that kind of a space opera? We can. I put space opera in the notes, but Star Wars was not what I wanted to talk about. (laughs) I don't have fond memories of Star Wars, to be honest. Okay, well, then we can move on to something else. I just thought maybe we would want to talk about the aspects of how Star Wars looks like a technology-based setting, but it's really a space fantasy. It's it's so inconsistent that I just can't trust it. That's going to come when you have different writers trying to use the franchise's elements and then they put their own stamp on it but that's neither here nor there yeah like if i had more solid foundation i know there's a series of books that were really good uh and i got recommended them so many times by so many different people and if i had read those maybe i would crouch it upon those but especially the movies they're just so inconsistent that i can't use them as a case reference i completely understand i completely understand we can move to Maybe jumping from that and segueing into uh, something that you wrote in your notes about mixing them together. I kind of like the concept of maybe crossover between the two. We may have touched a lot upon that a little bit already. Yeah, I think Mage Ascension is much more crouched in magical than in technology, though. But uh, you can actually see a, uh, an exact opposite in most of the for futuristic games like Stars Without Numbers or Star Wars games or any of these other games because a lot of them will have psychic abilities, which for a lot of people that is magic. Psionics are magic. Uh, For others, they aren't. And it really, again, for me, I crouch it in, as I've already stated, the ideology behind it. However, they can really be bent and uh, mixed as at will. For example, Something that most people would call water magic, you know, making water into a ball to capture somebody, making water into a whip to whip somebody or to spear somebody or whatnot, could simply be called hydrokinesis, being able to move water with your mind or fluid with your mind. It's as simple as that. It can be just a very simple rebranding. And you see that a lot in most psionic abilities or in other natural reality bending abilities. For example, a lot of sci-fi will have some sort of precursor race that can manipulate the very fabric of reality or play with time space or whatnot a lot of that would be magic to some people but it's crouched as a technological viewpoint so that's very much the opposite of what you were talking about mage's ascension and of course we could also point to what's it called the war game 
I always forget its name. Fuck me. Well, I think my first thought about what you've said so far would be kind of you're talking about some differences between the hard science fiction and some of the softer stuff. You could look at um, hard science fiction and see that psionics might be viewed as um, a type of magic. But if you set the perception of your setting with psionics being an energy that comes from the genetic manipulation of a, a creature's mind and being able to touch on the energy waves and the, the frequencies of other people's minds or being able to manipulate the energy between uh, one object and another that is based around the idea of gravity and the forces of attraction. You could really dig into the science and explain psionics in that fashion, where we've taken our mind and stepped it up to a new level. That is looking at something that might be perceived as magic, but it's in a technologically advanced setting. Same thing could be said about tarot cards or runes. You know, people understand how to read and interpret them to the point that they gain insight into another individual based off of any of the questions or perceptions of the other person. That's not really magic. It can be perceived as magic because it's simply basing it off of the idea that human psychology and your subconscious can manipulate some things that you do without you really knowing that you're doing it. You hand somebody a bunch of ruins on uh, that are, you know, stones or tiles. Your subconscious may put them in the hand and drop them in a pattern without this the conscious mind actually realizing they're doing that. And the subconscious is speaking through that. And then somebody interprets the generalized idea behind the meaning of each one of those runes to interpret their perception of the other person. And it, it almost looks like they're telling the fortune of another person, when really it's just the person revealing their own thoughts through their subconscious's uh, actions. Did I get too deep for you? Yes and no. I hadn't really thought of that view, so I was contemplating it because I do actually like using myself tarot cards to... Uh read my subconscious, and to help guide certain daily actions or weekly actions and goals and whatnot, to help better focus my mind and whatnot. So I'm very familiar with the preferences. It's a very powerful tool of seeing what you're already thinking without actually knowing it. It's also interesting what kind of logical leaps your subconscious will guide to you when you do it yourself rather than have somebody else uh, interpret it. We're getting off subject, I think. Well, those are forms of magic to some people. Yeah, but I don't want to offend people. And if we stay on the topic, I might. <laughs> okay, I'm good with moving on. Also, you asked me about mixing things. And I wanted to point out something that I just remembered. Uh, also, what I was thinking about earlier was Warhammer. But I'm not going to go into depth on Warhammer. I think everyone knows enough about it. I'm going to go in not into depth on this either, but... uh. Comic books. A lot of comic book heroes like uh, X-Men. You have a wide variety of magical and technological uh, heroes and villains throughout those series. And while I don't particularly like them, I'm not much of a comic book nerd, and I think that they're, again, highly inconsistent. There's the old adage of, between a superhero and a supervillain, the winner is always whoever the artist wants them to be, or the writer wants them to be. So I find them unlikely, but you can see how they mix and match with certain superheroes being very 
technical or technologically accepted, while others are more mysterious and more uncertain about the generation of their abilities or the generation of their understanding. And give me a moment here as I remember what I was going to say. Based off of the uh, the comments you've made about superheroes, you say that it's decided by the artist as to which one is the villain and which one is the hero. Another aspect of superheroes and how they come to be heroes or villains is generally based off of the the message that the artist or the comic book author is trying to get across and what they're championing. Because a, a strong idea that goes in X-Men is you've got two sides. One is trying to exist, coexist with those that are not mutants and those that want to dominate those that are not mutants. And so those ideas are being championed by both sides, and it actually is a telling aspect of the historical time period that those comic books come out of, which is the civil rights movement, of which side is going to actually be the hero, those that want to coexist, or those that want to dominate. And so that's kind of what... And, and that really doesn't have anything to do with magic and technology, but you said that and it got me off thinking about X-Men. I mean, you also have to remember that uh, a lot of it was also done recently after the World Wars. So there's a lot of that uh, eugenics in it. Yeah, so you get into the mutations and it, it becomes it becomes science-based, but it looks like it's a magical power. I thought there were actually X-Men who were almost uh mystical beings no you're you're not far off uh for example the scarlet witch is actually a mutant child of uh one of the villains who learns the mystical arts from dr strange not to get too far into the weeds but yeah the scarlet witch in the comic books is a mutant who uses mystical powers yeah so they do a good job of blending it in a modern setting and I'm finding a lot of... How do I say it? It's very interesting what can be switched in and out of just perspective. For example, I said the whole water magic and hydrokinesics argument earlier. But then you can also talk about the symbolism in magic and mysticism. Like, water is known for healing, growth, and renewal. So somebody might use water magic in a game to heal another character or whatnot. That's also a very common trope in a lot of books or comics or whatnot or in tabletop games as well and it's interesting because i find the symbolism is a lot harder to transfer into a technological setting or to make peace with technological settings so i'm curious about what your opinion is because you say they're basically the same depending on who's looking at them for what side i guess it depends on what you consider or what your definition of symbolism is um, because in my mind... Si Did I get the wrong word? Uh, no. Symbolism, it plays a part in both sides in my mind. You've got the idea of symbolism being a major aspect of arcane spells and incantations and the magical writing that these wizards and uh, mages study for years on end to learn how to manipulate and use these symbols to do what they do. And at the same time, you've got scientists and mathematicians and physicists who use symbols to understand the universe through mathematics and calculus so that's true symbols are on both sides and symbolism can be helpful and understand 
how to manipulate those those uh, aspects of the world. Maybe if I give you a different example, this might explain it better. In a book I was reading once, a alchemist or a potion maker for one of his potions, which was basically a shackling potion of the mind, he took a pair of man- iron manticles and basically dissolved them in a cauldron along with a bunch of other things. And the co- the shackles had actually imprisoned somebody before for a certain period of time. And so he took that aspect and that belief, that ideology and that symbolism from the shackles and imbued it into the liquid in the potion to help get the desired effect. That is very hard to explain from a technical point of view, in my opinion. Not impossible, but... So I was curious if your interpretation had a better fit for that than mine. Belief. God damn it, I hate you. Um, because that's exactly what you're talking about, is you, uh, from a mage, a magic point of view, the belief that this is imbued with all of the ideas of uh, holding somebody and trapping somebody and, and imprisoning somebody, that's going into that and their belief is that it's going to hold somebody and, and, and control their mind or entrap their mind. Technology would have uh, similar ideas because they base it about the reality that actually this is made from the same material that uh, would entrap them on a, a chemical level that would come from the metal of those manticles that would imprison and hold somebody inside their own mind and if it especially if it's made from lead lead would entrap and and probably make that person uh, questionable in their sanity so back to the single word of belief i actually really like when you pointed out lead because i didn't even think about that but imagine dis- <laughs> dissolving lead cuffs into a cauldron scooping out some of that liquid and then force feeding it someone you wouldn't want to use lead anyway for for manacles because it's a fairly soft metal but you you get the point the magic and technology have um crossovers i'm i i really like the idea that you've presented of the two hard sides but i also like to expand and say there's some crossovers definitely they they share the same idea and that is a manipulation of reality and a manip actually i would argue that it's not so much a manipulation of reality to me but a manipulation of energies is really what i see another good way of looking at it that you're using energy on both of those yeah and usually you know, if you think about uh, a mage and a scientist, what are they using to use that energy? They've studied their particular field to the point that they can use that energy of their mind to do what they need to do and, and make changes in reality. Again, I just go back to the arcanist view every time. It's so annoying because uh, I don't know if I've actually explained it, so I'll explain it once more. It's the idea that mm, the ruins and symbols are basically just the cog wheels and they go in and you get something out. And to me, that is very much a technology, especially if it can be com- compli- uh, explained and shared with others. But then you have to bring back in the unknowable factors or the uncertainty and classify it with one or the other to me. Right. So it's, like, I'm not denying that they both have a lot of crossover and a lot of it is perspective or foundation of knowledge. But to me, I still really like the idea that each one is, or the the projection is crouched upon 
the belief behind it and the intent. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, hell, I I really think that's a good spot. I don't want to I don't want to mess it up and go <laughs> any further and say something else. I mean, I think we hit a, a good portion of our points. We kind of went back and forth on yeah. on those two things. So I think this is a really good one. We'll just have to make fun of Jason that we have a better one. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, once again, I want to thank the audience for listening and actually giving us a moment to go through our ideas about the difference or the similarities between magic and technology. And I really hope that everybody enjoys and, and, and thinks about how they will use these ideas in their own game at the table. Once again, this has been Michael. And this has been Jared. Bye-bye. This has been a production of 7th Level Bardcast, copyright 2021. Listeners are free to use this episode in any non-commercial endeavor, so long as credit is provided to 7th Level Bardcast. You can find links to previous shows, resources, and our social media at 7thLevelBardcast.com. Also, connect with us through our Discord link on the website. We invite our audience to offer feedback, suggest a topic, or for a quick conversation. To support the show, like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcatcher. Music provided by Alexander Nakarada. Mm-hmm.